Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of Uncaked Heroes. We're grateful that you've taken some time out of your day to join us. We hope that you just sit back, relax, let go of the things of the day, and meet another amazing individual in this beautiful world we live in and hear some more stories of wisdom and knowledge. My name is Stacy Johnston. I'm honored to be here with you and equally as honored as always to sit alongside my co-host, Kathy Holland. How are you today, Kathy? I am great. Everybody is on the mend and getting back to 100% health, and so I'm good. How are you? I am really good. I, I'm blessed. You know, today I've, I kind of woke up with a heart of gratitude this morning, just thankful for the things that, that are, you know. It's so easy, I think, to be grateful for our house and our job and our car and, and those everyday things that we possess. But to try to look at gratitude in a different way, right? Like, what am I grateful for right now in this moment? And to be able to meet the people that we get to meet, travel to the places that we get to travel, not have to manage airports and, and angry people and all of the, all the froggy, right, that's out there in the world, to me is a moment of gratitude for me. I'm so grateful. We get to travel to three different places, two different countries before noon today. And I just, I feel so blessed and grateful that that's what I get to do with my day, that I've been chosen to do that. Um, I had a great conversation with a lady at the nursing home where my parents are yesterday about this podcast, and she said, I'm, I'm almost 90 years old, but I'm fascinated by the things that I hear on your show. So it's, it's just really intriguing for me. How about you? Where do you sit in this world today? You know, as a mom of three small kids and homeschooling and, you know, being all the things, the likelihood of me running into these people on a daily and getting to hear their stories and their wisdom is pretty slim. So I appreciate what it brings to me, right? And like I've said, it's an opportunity for me to fill my cup. Right. We always serve better when it's comfortable, don't we? We do. All right, let's get this show on the road. I, let me back up and say I'm grateful. I'm, I'm glad, so again, that it adds something positive to your life and to your family and to what you do. I love that. Let's get the show on the road. Today we have a gentleman joining us from Seattle, Washington, and his name is Mr. Kirk Adams. How are you today, Kirk? I'm I'm great. I'm glad to be with you two. I'm listening to you have a wonderful conversation. I can tell you care a lot about one another and have a wonderful view of the world based in gratitude. So I'm fe- I'm feeling good and comfortable. Nice, nice. That's the most important part. Then let you let us kick you off, Kirk. Tell us who is Kirk Adams. What do you do? How come you do that? And how can people connect with you? Sure, sure. So um, I'm going to say this once. It's Dr. Kirk Adams, and now from from the I can be Kirk from the rest for the rest of our conversation. But I do have a PhD in leadership and change, and I pursued that because I believe that leadership is uh, the key to uh, us thriving uh, as a world community, and in particular, I focus on creating career opportunities for people who are blind. I'm a blind person myself. My retinas detached when I was in kindergarten. Um, 
came home uh, on the school bus one day and couldn't find my way home because my vision had been impaired as my retinas were detaching. And a um, neighbor found me crying in her backyard and took me to my mom, who rushed me to the doctor. And I uh, had an emergency surgery that night and uh, woke up the next day, sighted kid one day, blind kid the next day. And uh, my parents were told, you know, Kirk can't uh, come back to this school. We're not equipped to teach a blind kid. He has to go to the state school for blind children. So we lived uh, a bit north of Seattle. I was born when my parents were in college. They were in their mid-20s and uh, both teachers. My dad was a basketball coach. And uh, they visited the school for the blind in Vancouver, Washington, and were very disappointed with what they saw there far as the level of academics and uh, my retinal surgeon um, was in Portland, Oregon. Someone said to them the Oregon State School was great. They visited there and of course as a six-year-old I didn't realize what a big deal it was but they quit their jobs uh, in Washington State and moved the family down to Oregon so I could attend that excellent school and uh, set me on a set me on a great path for second and third grade at the School for the Blind where I learned Lining the skills, reading and writing Braille, traveling confidently with a white cane, typing on a typewriter, and uh, probably more importantly, just learning to love myself as a blind person, love my body, be, be confident in the world, um, do all the things that six, seven, eight-year-olds do, you know, the, bump, the bumps and the bruises and scrapes you get. And uh, then it was off to public school, sink or swim in public school, fourth grade on. And the reason wow. I do what I do is I have faced um, personally many of the barriers that blind people and people with other significant disabilities face in our um, attempt to thrive as human beings. And I've, I've experienced the obstacles, and I would like to make it easier for the next little blind kid who's going to grow up and uh, go to school and, and wants to go to work and um, do, do the things we do, you know, have a family, own a home, the, the, the things that they may aspire to. Whatever they want to do in life, I want to make the path easier. You know, Kurt, stories like that, right, like none of that was in your paperwork, right? All the things that I read about you, none of that was included. And your transparency and your, your diligence in that, your, your power in that, that's why I love what I do. I, I'm, I'm touched, right? I, I, so not expecting it. So thank you very much for sharing for what you do. You know, I know more than one person in my life for different reasons that have lost their eyesight or were born blind or are functioning in that. Um, so amen, dude. Praise you for what you do. That's exceptionally cool. So how can people connect with you? Do you have like a coaching program? Do you have a thing that they can do, a, a, something they can connect with? Yeah, what what I do, uh, most recently I was the president and CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind until last summer. I was I was doing that for six years. Before that, I ran the Lighthouse for the Blind here in Seattle. And it's always been about jobs and uh, employing people and giving people opportunities to have the dignity of work and earn a living and and, and so on. And now I'm consulting, and I'm I'm really working with employers who need to find and hire and retain talented people, uh, mostly companies that are growing 
rapidly uh, having some challenges finding enough good people to hire. And then we have the conversation about the fact that only 35% of people who are blind or have significant disabilities are in the workforce, which is about half the level of the general population. So there are a lot of people out there who are really, I, I would say, almost desperate to find opportunities, just eager to work and have passion and talent and uh, turn, inevitably turn out to be great, loyal employees. And the conversation usually is around um, the fact that living every day with blindness or another significant disability allows you to develop strengths in the areas that employers say they need, which are things like resilience and grit and um, creative problem-solving abilities and abilities to work in teams, good communication skills. So I, I'm really looking to connect with employers, companies that um, want to, I'd say, supercharge their bottom-line business re results by um, including people with disabilities in their workforce. And uh, LinkedIn is, is a great way to get in touch. Um, if you put in Kirk Adams Seattle, I'll pop right up. I uh, have a website that's about to launch. Uh, the name of my consulting company is Innovative Impact LLC, and the website is InnovativeImpact.Consulting. Um, also, just email me, KirkAdams000 at gmail.com. And uh, I, I, any opportunity, large or small, to help um, move forward with inclusion of people with disabilities, I'm, I'm happy to do it, whether it's a parent with a child with a disability who need, needs a, a little advice, I'm happy to talk about that. If it's a large company that needs to put together a hiring program, I'm happy to do that, anything in between. Beautiful. That it. is a beautiful. So let me, let me ask you a question as far as your inspiration goes right there what would you define as a hero for you and what was your inspiration behind doing what you do i i would say my hero uh is a woman who's um passed away named mrs summers and she was my teacher for first second and third grade and just the kindest Soul, but also uh, tough, tough as tough as nails. So uh, I became newly blind and went, you know, went went to school shortly thereafter, first grade, Oregon State School for the Blind. And she taught me how to read. Um, so uh, I had learned my print letters in kindergarten. Um, you know, was grasping. There's a code of symbols that mean words, and words mean things. And Braille is, is just the same. It's just um, the symbols are not visual. They're, they're tactile. And she taught me the, a technique of using both hands to read Braille, to start the line with both four fingers together, read to the middle of the line, 
finish the line with my right hand while my left hand was sweeping back to find the beginning of the next line. Some people call it a scissor technique. Some call it a butterfly technique. But we had these big, heavy hooks. To me, they were huge and heavy because I was six years old. But she, they were called sweep back books, and they were just lines of symbols. They weren't words, just the Braille characters to learn how to do that technique with both hands. And she made me practice and practice and practice that until I had that down chat. And I can remember just asking her, you know, can I learn to read now? Can I learn to read? And she would say, no, not yet. You need to, you need to learn how to do the sweep, sweep back. And so she taught me to read, and I was hospitalized a lot um, from age 6 to 12. I had quite a number of um, retinal surgeries. This was before laser surgery. So if uh, a child experienced a retinal detachment like I did, they can do a ton with lasers now, which is great. But I was hospitalized. I'd have a surgery. I'd have to be immobilized, like with my head in um, basically a clamp so I couldn't move my head. I'm, uh, taking in nutrition through a straw, <laughs> couldn't chew because that would mean moving moving my head around. And um, I just, books were, books were it. I just, uh, in particular, I can remember reading my friend Flicka in the hospital when I was maybe six or seven and then reading all the, all the, you know, the books in that family. And uh, it just saved me. I mean, I um, took, took me away from, um, you know, the very scary situation I was in. It was, um, I had a conversation with a, a therapist four or five years ago, and she said, well, have you, have you done much work around your childhood trauma? And I said, childhood trauma? And she said, you, you were in the hospital as a six-year-old by yourself. Uh, you know, um, that's traumatic. So um, books saved me. Mrs. Summers is the person who taught me to read Braille. So she, she would be my hero. Beautiful. Well, I hope, I hope she had the honor of knowing that before she passed. She did, and I got to see her when she was near 90. I went to Salem, Oregon. She was in a wheelchair, and we had a long embrace. And uh, I was wearing a suit and tie, and she told me I was uh, I was looking handsome and sharp, and uh, she was very proud of me. So it was a wonderful moment. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love moments like that. So, so let me ask you this. Through, I feel like you probably have a different vision of the world than a lot of people do, right? You see things in a different light, right? You hear things most people don't hear. Right? I, I feel like you have a connection that's different. If you could put out a word of advice, if you could go back and you had a moment with all the 20-year-olds there were, and they were sat down and you had them at that moment, what, what would you tell them? What's the one bit of advice you would pass to that generation below? I would say find community. Um, I was uh, growing up in small rural towns here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, from fourth grade on, I was the only blind student in my schools. Um, we didn't know any blind people. I didn't know any 
you know, successful, thriving, blind adults. I didn't have any role models. And so, you know, whatever your particular situation is, and everyone has challenges uh, of some sort, there are other people who are facing similar challenges. There are other people who have faced the same challenge you're facing now and figured it out and gone through it. And we are blessed to have so many great tools at our disposal around um, the Internet, the social media platforms, the ability to find and connect. So my advice is find community and not even necessarily connected with your challenge. Just whatever you're interested in, whatever moves you, whatever gives you energy, whatever makes you happy. And I tell especially parents of blind kids as they're coming up, you know, into middle school, high school, you know, have have your help support your child in getting involved with other people who have similar interests. And there there's a club, an association, a group interest group for everything in the world. So my my advice is find community you know, you don't need to you don't need to be alone. And um finding community is, is really, really I think an essential thing mm-hmm. to do. I think it's important. While we all need to feel like we have somewhere to belong where we don't always have to have some kind of hat on. You know, yeah. just people that, that yeah, and they're you're you're right. One of the things I think Some people is, say find finder tribe, some people say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And one of the neat things I think we discovered doing this podcast and talking to people all over the world is there, there's all kinds of space open right now for whatever your wants or needs are. There are so many people around the world that just have a spot open, right? Like you can come no, over yes. here and get better from that here. You can join us here for that. We're on that with you. And so community is out there. And I think there's so many people looking for that, that, that need to connect in this We've gotten really disconnected, right, one of the last two or three years. And I think that's one of the things that we've realized is how important that connectivity really is. And I feel like there's so many people that have space open. So, yeah, find it. It's out there. Absolutely. So, one more question on this on this subject. If you had a one-liner of advice to share with our audience, what would it be? What would your T-shirt say? My T-shirt would say, um, help right now. <laughs> but whatever that means to you. Um, we all need to help one another. Uh, we all need to support each other. And uh, whatever your opportunity is to help, Whatever that means to you, help help right now. Mm. Beautiful. No better time than right now, huh? That's it. Yeah, I love it. I think what my husband always says, start where you can to do what you can with what you got. Yeah, that's right. Right, right. Yeah, there's always a way. There's so many things we can do without even realizing what we can, right? There, I, I agree with you. I think that's beautiful. I've had such a great time having this conversation, Kurt. I'm so inspired by you, right, and, and your, your PhD and what you do in the space that you provide. So thank you for that. 
Absolutely. for that place you can buy the help, right? Uh, um, what deal? So we can just share your information out, and if anyone needs, they can connect you, and you set up from there. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. I love it. All right. Well, I wanted to tell you thank you so much for joining us today from Seattle. We are at that place where we're going to have to find a place to wind down. But I would like to start by saying thank you, Kurt, for your time, for your space, and uh, for the hero that you probably stand to as more people than you know in a day. Well, thank we you, would love Stacey. our audience. Thank you, Kathy. Really Welcome. appreciate your time and um, your generosity of spirit. We're going to give you a moment to share the share your thoughts with us, okay? I would like our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up if we can serve you in some way. If you want to share your story with us or you just need someone to talk to, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Kathy, I'm going to hand the stage to you for a moment. How would you like to leave our audience today? You know, with with a challenge, and I, not a lighthearted challenge, but a fairly simple one, right? Helping is so important, right? And I don't mean like, you know, taking out the trash. I mean like getting out of your head and putting your attention and your drive into helping someone else. Right, that is the very best way, in my opinion, to get over your hump, to get out of your head, to get whatever's going on straightened out, right? It's one of the best ways to do it. So my challenge for our audience is to reach out right, to a friend, to a stranger, to a, it doesn't matter, be of assistance. Beautiful. Thank you, Cassie. I love your challenges. I hope somebody, at least one person a day, takes on the challenges that you lay out. It could be so profound for so many people. Just for a minute. Kurt, thank you again, and we would be honored if you would take the stage for us and close our show. How would you like to leave our audience today? Well, I ran the American Foundation for the Blind for six years, and that was Helen Keller's organization. She was the global brand ambassador for 45 years left her estate to the American Foundation for the Blind when I went to work in the New York offices. I could go sit at her desk and uh, play with her typewriter and read her Bible. And um, she said, very simply, she said, to get uh, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. And that's, uh, that's what I believe. <laughs> 